Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray, as you must know by now. <laughs> I've still got a bit of a cold, but uh, that's clearing up. Now, what have I got? I've got a load of notes here, as always, a load of notes, and I can't read my own writing. Weather forecast. For a start, well, no, 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 well, not forecast, weather report. The wind is coming from the west. I know a lot of you around the world, I've said this before, I know a lot of you around the world like to hear what's happening to the weather in Britain. That's why I do this each time. Uh, John Seagulls. Oh, that's coming in a minute. Hello, John. (laughs) Here we go. It's going to be a mess again. One of those podcast episodes. I can feel it in my water. Now, at the moment, it's It's eight o'clock in the morning on, uh, is it Thursday? No, it's Friday the 17th of February, I think. (laughs) I think it's February 2023. And we've got 10 degrees C, which is 50 Fahrenheit. 10.22 millibars on the old barometer and as I say the wind did I say about the wind it's sort of coming from the west there's a bit of a breeze it's been raining which is nice we haven't had rain for several weeks not proper rain and I laid this turf in the back garden as I think I told you and I've been watering it but it wants some proper rain anyway it's now had some proper rain which is good uh John the seagulls I was just going to mention I was talking about uh, stone the crows and uh, number three daughter said, oh, don't stone the crows. You should be talking about the seagulls. The seagulls do come in land. We're just under a mile from the sea here. And John messaged. He said that uh, he's 10 miles inland and they get seagulls. And even further inland, they, they've been seen and hurt. Well, you, you can't miss them if you're listening. For, oh, goodness me, they are so loud. Last night, in fact, again, about half three in the morning, I'm lying in bed thinking of what to say on the podcast, what rubbish to come out with. (laughs) And I could hear seagulls screaming. I just don't know why they... I must try and look that up. Ian, thank you for your suggestion. Beloved pets, losing them. That's what this one's about, this episode. That's why I've called it Pets. Now, it's not going to be all sad and depressing, but uh, I will talk a little bit later about losing pets. And one or two of you have emailed me on the subject. So we'll come to that in a minute. Now, before I go any further, Robert. Hello, Robert. I hope you're listening. Thank you so much for your donation. I was amazed. I'm checking the emails and I saw that. I couldn't believe the figure. Thank you so much. I don't know what to say. I have emailed you. Uh, the podcast, the well, Podbean, the people that post, uh, host rather, the podcast. You know, it does cost quite a bit each year to host them and all the rest of it. It, it all costs money. Someone has said to me recently, how much money do you make out of doing these podcasts? Make? I don't make anything. It costs me money. So thank you so much, Robert, for your donation. Much appreciated. And it will go, obviously, towards the upkeep of the, the hosting and the rest of it. Now, I do wish I could make some money out of the podcast episodes and all the videos I put on YouTube about various bits of rubbish about amateur radio stuff and ghost stories and whatever else I come out with that uh, I don't know whether people like it or not I think some do so yes that's good that Ian thank you for that about the pets I've got to start crossing things off my list because I'll be oh Larry thank you for the pdf the link to the pdf of the antenna handbook I do like aerial. Being an amateur radio chap, I like playing around with aerials. And Larry sent me this link to a PDF antenna handbook, 
which is fantastic. I've looked through it. It's really interesting. I was going to print it out, but it's rather lengthy, you know, to print a whole book. So I'm going to have to keep that online unless I can find an actual paper copy. And I know a lot of you, you've messaged me about this as well. Actual books read from a book rather than on a screen. A lot of you, as I do, I much prefer a book. Anyway, right, I'm going to adjust my list of podcast notes and I'll be back in a second. Just briefly, I won't go on about this amateur radio stuff. Um, any amateur or radio hams among you listening, we've had uh, good conditions on 10 metres here in Britain, as you probably have where you are. And we've been working through the, is it the 10 metre repeater in Boston? I believe it's Boston. I forget its call sign now, but uh, yeah, been coming in most days really nice, 20 over 9 and more. Right, that's the amateur radio bit dealt with. <laughs> I know that quite a few... Uh, radio hams listen to the podcast so that's why i you know, mentioned the odd thing about amateur radio okay next we got oh, we, we got storm otto coming in apparently that's going to be up north up in scotland northern england but storm otto i don't know much about that i just heard a snippet on the radio uh yesterday about storm otto and i did read somewhere about 11 inches of snow blasting britain to bits and I say all these daft headlines they come out with, but I shall look into Storm Otto and find out what that's all about. I've just been out into the garden to check the frog spawn. We had frog spawn appear in the pond about a week ago, and there's a load more. The first pile is there. Pile is that the <laughs> pile? A pile of frog spawn. Now there's another huge pile of it, and a frog, which I seem to have frightened off. He saw me and did a runner. Well, did a swimmer. He didn't do a runner. He did a swimmer. So that's good. We've got to, we're going to have about half a million frogs in the garden if they all survive, if they all become tadpoles and don't get eaten by the birds. This is the trouble. They get eaten by the birds. I've put uh, a huge piece of wood over the pond at the moment, but I've got to put some netting across, keep the birds away. I think especially the seagulls, they seem to eat the, the spawn. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, mum. Hello, Mum, if you're listening. She said to me the other day when I saw her, I didn't know that you were a window cleaner. <laughs> she listened to the podcast. That's funny. And I said I only did it for a short while. You know, it wasn't a career move. <laughs> she didn't know that. I don't know. I'm sure I told her at the time. But anyway, there we are. I did a little bit of window cleaning and a little bit of taxi driving. Yeah, so hello to you, Mum, if you're listening. See you on Saturday. Well, you'll be listening to this Sunday, won't you? So uh, see you yesterday. <laughs> I've just been looking up Storm Otto. Here we are. Rail lines blocked, roads closed as winds batter northeast with Met Office warning in place. I like all these headlines. Now that is that is today. Uh, what else? Here we are. There's another one. Look at this. Terrifying weather map shows 88 miles an hour winds hitting UK after Met Office warning. Storm Otto is set to bring disruption today as parts of the UK could be hit by ferocious gale force winds. Da, da, da. The way they say it, honestly, there'll probably be a breeze later and a, a light shower of rain. Just going back to seagulls for a minute. They are protected birds, seagulls. You're not allowed to go out there and shoot them or kill them off in any way. A friend of mine had a, he bought an old house. This is decades ago. And he found a seagull nest in the loft. He was renovating the whole place. And it had eggs in it. And the seagulls were coming in and out through a, a sort of gap in the roof that he'd gone up there to repair. And he said, uh, oh, I smashed the eggs. 
And uh, I said to him, you can't do that. That's against the law. It's, you know, they're protected birds. And anyway, he didn't know that. Oh, oh, I don't know. He said, well, I smashed the eggs and blocked up the hole. So that's the end of that. But they can be a nuisance, seagulls. They swoop down on people walking along the seafront. You know, you get people walking along eating a sandwich or bag of chips they've just got for them, the old chippy. And a seagull will swoop down and snatch a chip out of someone's hand. I've seen this on video. They are quite vicious or can be. So you've got to be careful, especially with children. You know, if you've got a child walking on the seafront eating something, just be careful because a seagull can come down and not attack the child, but, you know, grab the food. So, yes, you're not allowed to kill seagulls. <laughs> I think in America they're called fries, aren't they? Fries, not chips. Chips are what we call crisps. Crisps are bits of potato in a bag, you know, like cheese and onion or whatever. Whereas chips in America... What are they? Oh, I don't know. I get confused. Yeah, we call chips uh, potato. They're fries, I think you call them in America. There we are. Quite interesting, all the different terminology, isn't it? Do you remember we talked about hot dogs the other week? That's the same. Hot dogs, frankfurters, that's the same. But so many things are different, different words for different things. Quite interesting. Emails. Let's have a look. One here from Betty. She says, did you ever have any embarrassing moments when you were window cleaning? Well, I wasn't doing it for very long, Betty, as I've just been saying. But uh, I didn't, not embarrassing, but it was a bit, I felt awkward, a bit awks. I remember once I was doing a bungalow and I was doing the, the kitchen window. Now, the, the sink, you know, the, where the woman was doing the washing up, was right under the kitchen window. So she's staring at me and I'm staring at her while I'm cleaning her windows. That wasn't embarrassing but a little bit awkward you know I'm sort of staring at her while she's doing the washing up well I wasn't staring but it looked that way another time it was uh, lunchtime and I was doing the back of a bungalow the dining room window and there's a couple in there eating their lunch and I'm cleaning the windows and I don't know it just was it embarrassing for them I don't know I didn't have any naughty <laughs> experiences like that film I never did see the film confessions of a window cleaner I never did see that so I, I mean I can imagine what it was about there were several confession films weren't there but no I didn't have anything embarrassing really the the only thing that came close I suppose being bungalows obviously bedrooms are on the ground floor everything is every room and I was went round the side of this bungalow and I was just doing the windows there and there was a lady or well, young lady getting dressed I had a bit of an early start because I used to start early to get the job done so I could finish and then get home and get on with my radios and she was she was getting dressed I mean she wasn't naked or anything but she looked at me and I sort of looked at her and I went on to do the next window and I went back to hers later <laughs> when she'd gone but um yeah interesting thought though Betty I I, I used to think when I was going round, what am I going? <laughs> what am I going to see at this bungalow? What's going to be going on in you know behind closed doors? You never know, do you? Oh, Betty also asked about taxi driving. Were there any embarrassing moments? No, apart from those girls I took to the club, uh, they got soaking wet because they couldn't open the door of the car. Uh, no, nothing really, because it was daytime. Uh, mainly daytime was people going shopping. Can you take me to the shops? Can you pick me up at whatever time? Can you take me to the doctor? All pretty boring stuff. 
Let's just talk about pets for a minute. Ian's idea of talking about pets who've passed away. Yeah, we had, um, what have we had? Four rabbits, I think, over the last 20 odd years. They've all gone now. Our rabbits were, they weren't pets as much, but rescue rabbits from the RSPCA. Over in Brighton, there's a RSPCA place where they've got all sorts of animals. And the rabbits we got from there, they, one, Woody, he was found in the woods. That's why they called him Woody. Someone obviously didn't want him and just dumped him in the woods. Well, you can't put a pet of any description just in the woods. It, you know, he's not used, to, he's not a wild rabbit, so he would have died. Luckily, someone found him and they obviously grabbed hold of him and they took him to the RSPCA where they checked him over, looked after him and eventually we had him. It was free. They didn't charge us, but we used to donate We'd donate, what was it? I think we gave about 30 quid for each rabbit, something like that. And what they did, they came out to check up. They'd send someone out to check up on the on the animals that we'd got from them and their sort of living quarters, uh, the hutch. I'd built a, a brick hutch and it was 14 feet long. It was a huge hutch. And they came out to inspect for the first time. And they said, right, you know, where's the rabbit hutch, this lady? I said, here we are. Trish was with me. She was stunned. Wow. You know, it's a mansion. It was a mansion. Underfloor heating for the winter. Not red hot, but just a, a little warm area on the floor if it got ultra cold at night, which, of course, in the winter it can do. And they had an outside run, which was fully sort of enclosed, a cage, six feet high, so I could walk it. Well, just about walk in there. The idea of the, the cage was to keep foxes out. We also had an, an electric fence around the whole thing and the RSPCA lady yeah she was uh, she's stunned she said oh electric fence I said well it's to keep the foxes out oh that's amazing does it work I said well if you want to touch it you'll find out no 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 so I'll take your word for it but uh, yeah they were impressed the RSPCA they were impressed and we had all four rabbits from them they've got we look at their website sometimes they've got rabbits there we look and think oh look aren't they cute you know, they need rescuing, but we can't anymore. We can't do it anymore. But it is a shame. Um, you know, as I said in the midweek message, someone said, oh, it's only a rabbit. Well, it's not only a rabbit when, you know, when they pass away. It's not only a rabbit. It was part of our family, a member of the family. And of course, even more so for cats and dogs, because they live indoors, don't they? With you indoors. We had a cat and he he passed away. This is years ago, well, ten years ago now. He passed away, but that was very sad. His tears and you know you look at the bowl on the kitchen floor. Oh dear, well we could better get rid of that. He won't be needing that anymore. And little signs around the place of where he was, where he's been. It is sad. Of course, even more so for a dog, I suppose, because they're dogs. I've never had a dog, but a friend of mine had one, and his dog passed away. And even after several years, he hadn't got over it. He really hadn't, because that dog went everywhere with him. If he went to the pub or to the shops, wherever he went, the dog went with him. Even when he came here, the dog couldn't come in because we had the cat at the time. And we we didn't want to upset the cat. But he'd leave the dog out in the garden. And he was fine out there. He'd just sit there being patient, waiting. And, yeah, it was lovely. And it took him, this friend of mine, it took him years I don't think he ever did get over the the loss of his dog. He didn't replace him either. Is that a good idea, to replace uh, a pet? 
I don't know. We used to replace the rabbits because we'd get another rescue rabbit. But uh, I don't think it's a good idea to... I'm not sure. What do you think? Raise rants at protonmail.com. If you've lost a dog or a cat, have you replaced them? What do you think? Because it depends on your age, I suppose, doesn't it? If you're... Hello, there's a news flash. Oh, just a news flash about Brexit or something. I haven't read it, but both sides keep... Was it Remainers and Brexiteers? They keep on at each other. Now, where was I? I forget what I was saying now before I was rudely interrupted by a news flash. Back to pets. I had a goldfish. Is that a pet? It is really, isn't it? I mean, goldfish don't do much. <laughs> he was in a plastic bag at the fairground and I won him. They used to have them all hanging up around these various things at the fair, the fun fair. And I won. I said, well, what I did. I threw darts or hoops over a square box and the hoops didn't normally fit. It was all fixed, but I won this goldfish. I took him home, and my mum said, well, what are you going to do with that? Well, I don't know, put him in a bowl, because we didn't have a bowl or anything, so we found some container or other, put him in there, went over the shops, bought some goldfish food, bought a bowl to put him in, and we had him for years. I, I feel sorry for him now, looking back, he was stuck in a bowl, you know, a globe-type bowl, and apparently you're not meant to do that, they don't like it. They don't get enough oxygen, but uh, there we are. I did win a couple more goldfish at various fairs, but gave them to friends because otherwise we'd have a, a shoal of goldfish, which wouldn't be good. But we weren't too sad when he passed away because, I don't know, we had him years and he was getting a bit old. It wasn't the best of pets to have, really. I mean, tropical fish are nice, but that's a lot of work, isn't it? chap I know had a huge garden pond and this was it a heron or something some huge bird emptied the pond of fish took the whole lot I don't know how many he had but he, he came out one morning you know, half of my fish have gone he came out the next morning all of my fish have gone and this I think it was a heron he said he, he saw it taking the fish and flying off with them I found a fish I found quite a large what about six inches long goldfish um, on the path at another house on the path in the back garden. It was alive. It had had a lump chewed out of it, but it was alive. What had happened, some bird or other had taken it out of a pond, was flying away with it, dropped it into our garden. Anyway, I put him in a bucket of water and he lasted a few hours and then he passed away. So I, I don't know. It's all, it's all a shame, isn't it? The thing is with pets, it's all very well having pets, but one day they're going to pass on, aren't they? They're going to disappear. But that's it, isn't it? That's the way things are. That's life. You know, you, you, you're born, you die, and the next one comes along, they're born and they die. <laughs> I don't know. Tortoises. Now, you know I like tortoises. We had an African leopard tortoise. We had to give him away. Oh, no, it was a her in the end, we decided. We had to get... Was it her or him? No, it was a it was a he. That's right. Well, here we are, pronouns. It was it. It was an it. <laughs> they, them, her, he, she... It was female. We all, all along we thought he was male, but he wasn't. He was female. She was female. African leopard. They need. They don't hibernate. They need heat. A big vivarium. They need heat, and they're all year round type tortoises. And he was getting bigger and bigger. We had him for years, bigger and bigger. And they reckon was it? They, they grow to well over two feet in length. Huge things that it takes two people to lift. So eventually we gave him away. They're worth a lot of money, but we, we wanted him to go to a good home. And we found a chap 
where was he? Somewhere up northern England. He had a huge kind of tortoise, what do you call it? A tortoise area, a tortoise habitat type place with all other tortoises and all the proper gear, the proper heating. So we gave the tortoise to him. He came down and collected him, drove down, collected him and uh, he sent us some photographs. Oh, her, isn't it? Is it? Oh, I don't know, it. He collected it. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's easier, isn't it? He collected it and we've had a few photos and um, it is just getting bigger and bigger and obviously eating a lot more. They do, they eat a lot. But the tortoise we have at the moment, he is a Herman's. What, not Herman's Hermit? Do you remember Herman's Hermits? The, the band in the 60s. We used to call them groups in the 60s. They're, they're bands now, aren't they? I don't know why. They were groups back then. So yes, he's a Herman. He's a, asleep now, hibernating. We're getting his place ready in the garden. And he, he lives in the shed. He's got a, a, like a cat flap in the shed. What we do is open it in the morning, close it at night... And he can go in and out, he can pop out into the garden, have a look round, munch some weeds or whatever, go back inside, there's his heat lamp, and he's in and out of the shed all day, milling around, poking about as they do. And, you know, he seems quite happy, which is good, he's healthy. Where did we get him? Oh, that was a friend of ours. Uh, she gave us the, him because he was, what? Well, oh, they were moving house, that's right, and they didn't have room for the tortoise. So he's a nice little chap. He does hibernate, as I said, unlike the African leopard one. Back in the old days, when I was a boy, or here we go, when I was a boy, we had a couple of tortoises back in the 1950s and we found them in the street. That happened a lot back then. Do you remember that? We found them in the street. You'd, you know, they'd escape from people's gardens and you'd, you'd see one crossing the road highly dangerous thing to do when you're a tortoise traffic around well hardly any traffic back then unlike now stone the seagulls have you heard about the london mayor and this ule what is it ule's thing he's trying to extend it now into surrey and kent and wherever and i think some councils are taking him to court <laughs> i don't know the london mayor what is he sadiq khan so we found these tortoises in the street wandering about we put you know knocked on doors locally have you lost a tortoise no put notices on lampposts telegraph pole anyone lost a tortoise no one came to you know to claim them or anything the thing is with tortoises i think what people don't realize like hedgehogs tortoises will roam for miles hedgehogs do at night i read somewhere they can cover several miles hedgehogs and tortoises do the same once they're out in the open, you escape from the garden. That's it, their four legs are off. They almost run. Our Herman one does. His name's Gary, by the way. Gary, he almost runs. He chases me when I'm mowing the lawn. There's something about, it must be the vibration of the lawnmower as I'm going up and down the lawn. He chases me, well, chases the lawnmower because I don't think tortoises have ears. They feel vibration, a bit like frogs in the pond. They don't hear you with ears. I don't think they've got ears, but they feel the vibration as your footsteps are going nearer to the pond. I suppose they feel the kind of boom, boom, boom through the water and they know that you're on the way. <laughs> danger, danger. Will Smith, lost in space. I used to like lost in space. So we'd often find tortoises in the street and a lot of our neighbours, you know, the kids, they had tortoises and they all found them roaming around. Uh, these days, I think it's very different. I believe... If you're going to buy or sell a tortoise, or well, if you buy a tortoise, you have to have a license. And I think if you sell one, you need a license. I'm not too sure. 
if you've got one already, that's fair enough, which we have. I'm not too sure on that, but I have, I have heard that you have to have a license because they've got to be looked after properly. Now, in the old days, in the 50s, no one looked after pets properly. Well, I won't say all pets. Tortoises. We used to feed it with tomatoes, lettuce, any salad stuff like that, which isn't good for them. I've now discovered that's not good for them. That's probably why they only lived a few years. They passed away and we buried them down the end of the garden. They were called man and lady. I don't know why we thought one was a man and one was a lady. We should have called them it and it. <laughs> they and them. <laughs> oh dear, that was a start on that. So we were giving them tomatoes and all this salad stuff, which is very bad for their digestive system. We'll give Gary a little piece of tomato or a grape. He likes grapes, but only now and then as a little treat. You know, it's rather like me having a, a Mars bar for a treat. <laughs> I could have a Mars bar several times every day. I love them. But I'd only get fat. Well, fatter. <laughs> no, I'm still on my diet. It's still going well. So yes, tortoises back then, as I say, they'd escape from people's gardens. They've only got to go under or through a, a broken bit of fence. And that's it. They're off. And they really do you know, get up a bit of speed <laughs> once they're out. And also hibernating. You see, Gary is in a proper hibernating type fridge kept at five degrees C. And it's got to be a constant temperature. If it gets too warm, he'll start waking up. If it gets too cold, he'll freeze to death. Now, what we did as kids, we had an old tea chest, filled it with straw and dumped the tortoises in that for the winter in the shed. And of course, the shed can go down to minus, well, minus anything, really. Minus 10 if it's a really cold night. And the, the tortoises can't survive that sort of low temperature. They need a constant, I think it's, what do they say, between 3 and 7 degrees centigrade, something like that. We keep him between 5 and 6, which is about right for him. And every now and then we weigh him. But I remember kids at school saying, oh, our tortoise died. He died in hibernation. It's because they're doing it all wrong. That's why now you have to have some sort of license so you, they, you, know, you know what you're doing or hopefully know what you're doing. Don't quote me on that license thing. That's something else I must look up. Now, hedgehogs, you are not allowed. I don't know whether it's a criminal offence. I wouldn't think so. But you're not allowed to get a hedgehog in your garden, you know, make a hole in the fence so he can come through. And then once he's in the garden, or perhaps two or three of them, we used to have three every night. Three hedgehogs would come in, poke about, we'd leave food for them. Not bread and milk. Do not give them bread and milk. They are, what are they, lactose intolerant or something. That doesn't do them any good at all. But what people have done, they've got hedgehogs in the garden and thought, right, they're in now. They block up the hole in the fence. That's it, you're trapped. You're now our hedgehog pets. And the hedgehogs don't like that. They don't like that at all. You're not allowed to do that. As I say, I don't think it's a, a criminal offence. But is it... I don't know whether the RSPCA, that's the Royal Society for the Protection of Animals, if you're abroad, you think, what's he what's on about? RSPCA, what's that? It's a kind of drinking club. <laughs> we haven't been to our club for a while. Didn't go... We haven't been for several Fridays. I can't think. There's always stuff going on. I can't think why. So, yes, you're not allowed to keep... Well, I don't think you're allowed to trap any wildlife and keep it as... Here we go. Another news flash. Now what's happened? British Embassy spy jailed for 13 years. Uh, read up about that later. That's uh, 
Uh, how are we doing? I've got a bit of a sore throat still. You can probably hear I'm a bit croaky today. Trish has got this cold. I'm sure we got it from Butlins, or I did then gave that to, to Trish, passed the germs on to her. So yes, pets. It's an interesting subject. A lot of people, if you're on your own, now we know a couple of elderly people on their own, and you're late 70s, 80s, late 80s even, and they've got a cat, which is very nice company because you, you've lost your partner, perhaps your, your wife or your husband, and you're on your own. If you've got a cat, it's company, isn't it? Cats will sit on your lap and purr, and you know, they, they're just, as I say, part of the family. So I think also animals can be therapeutic in some ways for certain people, brings an element of happiness or whatever. As I say, we're not having any more pets apart from young Gary because we're get we're not that we're getting old. I was going to say we're getting on a bit. We're not really, but it's a a responsibility, isn't it? When we go away, we have to arrange for one of the kids to feed them, and well, we have to have uh, Gary fed when we're away. He can go for three months without food or water, allegedly. Uh, I don't think we'd experiment and try that. But apparently they can go for about three months with no food or water. Of course, the leopard we had, the African leopard tortoise, he came, or his ancestors come from the savannas in South Africa. And it's really hot out there. That's why they don't hibernate. And Gary is a Hermans. He comes from the Mediterranean area. So he's more suited to Britain, I think, than uh, the African leopard. Obviously, Gary can put up with a certain amount of cold. Of course, down in the Mediterranean countries, you do have snow. My parents went on holiday to Cyprus once and they had snow there. First time they'd had snow in 20 years in Cyprus. Imagine that. And down in Spain, they have snow. So it can be not the same climate, obviously, as Britain, but uh, it can be similar at times. Anyway, that's enough of tortoises. Let's have a break from pets for a minute and... I'll rant on about something else. Oh, before I forget, uh, RSPCA is not, what did I say it was? Royal Society Protection of Animals or something. It's the Royal Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. That's what it is, RSPCA. And another thing I was going to mention, the Galapagos Islands. Have I said that correctly? Pronounced that correctly? You know, where the tortoises are. In the old days, now I'm not talking about the 1950s, Oh, when was it? 1800s, I suppose. The sailors in their ships, every man, no, that's not a sailor, is it? They used to stop off at the Galapagos Islands, collect tortoises and put them in a barrel. And they'd stay alive, obviously, for a long time without food or water. Not the sailors, the tortoises. (laughs) The sailors couldn't go for three months without food or water, but they would eat them. No, no, the tortoises didn't eat the sailors. They should have done, though. The sailors would eat the tortoises. They had fresh meat in these barrels. Oh, dear. I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Anyway, that's the RSPCA, Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. I'm now going to have some lunch. That's better, a spot of lunch and a cup of tea. Jolly good. I've looked up Storm Otto. Apparently already, it's now, um, I told you, didn't I, Friday 17th, uh, one o'clock. There is, in Scotland, Storm Otto's hit there. There are thousands of people without electricity. The power lines must have been cut down by the storm. So 
Storm Otto is real. I know earlier I was saying, oh, yes, all this about Storm Otto and Ice Age returning and dinosaurs and whatever. I said, well, I didn't say dinosaurs, but Storm Otto is real and it has hit Scotland today. So that is not good. Now, hell, where's my bit of paper? I've thrown it away. Who was it? Hang on a minute. I can't remember her name. I have to find the email. Bear with. Right, I'm organised now. Deborah, hello to you. Thanks for your email. Deborah says that during the lockdown, she had to work from home with the, you know, the coronavirus and all that. Now, she wasn't self-employed. This is where it came from. She says, listening to the self-employed people saying, working from home, people say to you, oh, it's all right for you. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go to work. Have you ever worked properly and all this stuff? She says that she worked from home for a long time, doesn't say how long, but I would imagine a number of months during the lockdown and her boss gave her the necessary bits she needed, a laptop and whatever, and she said that she hated it. She missed the office banter. I can understand that because when I worked from home alone in my workshop, no one's in. Trish was out at work. I'm on my own all day, all day, every day in the week on my own. No one to talk to, no banter, as you say, Deborah, you know. She says she missed the uh, the chat, the jokes, the laughter. You know, what did you do last night? Did you watch telly? Did you see that film? She does go on to say that it wasn't all chat. They did actually work. Deborah's written me one of these lengthy emails. Thank you for that, Deborah. What I do, I think I've told you before, with a lengthy email, so I don't have to sit there and read it, I make the computer read it to me. <laughs> you know, one of these programs whatever it is it reads it out to me so I can be doing other bits and pieces I am listening but I don't have to sit there and read so yeah thank you for your email Deborah that's interesting so you didn't like working from home because you missed the the office people your friends that you work with I can well understand that there were times when I was working from home that uh, because of my amateur radio hobby I'd have a, a one of the radios with me in the workshop and I'd have a break for 10 minutes, have a chat to someone. I'd hear one of the locals chatting or calling and I'd just, uh, I'd have a quick chat, make a quick coffee and have a chat. Just a, a bit of, I don't know, human contact because otherwise it's just me in the workshop sitting there alone. And also what I missed was in the old days in the workshop when I was apprentice radio and TV engineer, you get a fault on a, a TV, as sometimes he did. You couldn't work it out. And I'd sit there thinking, what is going on? What am I missing? You could ask someone else, a fresh pair of eyes. Have a look at this. Uh, they'd come along. Have you tried that? Ah, that's the thought. Thank you. And uh, same with me. I'd go and see and help someone else. They're stuck on a fault. Fresh pair of eyes. I'd say, well, have a look at that there. Check that. Oh, yes, you're right. So that's what uh, that's what I missed when I was stuck on a particular a nasty fault, intermittent fault on a radio. As soon as you look at the radio, it works fine. You go near it and it goes off. So it's very difficult to find the fault. Anyway, thank you for that, Deborah. So you didn't like working from home. I suppose it doesn't suit everyone, does it? We are, or were, going to the club. We've just been talking about it. How do you feel? I've got a bit of a sore throat. How do you feel? Trish has got a bit of a sore throat, so we're not going to go. It's cold out there. I've just been in the garden again. I've got some more jobs to do out there. The temperature's about 11 or 12 at the moment, which is not too bad at all. But there's a wind. 
I'm looking at the flag now, the Union flag, and is blowing a, what is it, a hoolie? <laughs> well, not quite a hoolie, whatever that is. It's blowing. There's quite a strong wind from the west, from down the west country. Wow. So there we are. We're not going to the club. But I do have a couple of real ales in the fridge. We've got a, a special, we call it the beer fridge. It's not beer, actually. It should be called a Coke fridge. It's full of Coke for when grandchildren come round. First thing they do is raid the fridge. There's also, for the uh, healthier people out there listening, oh dear, I'm choking. No, I don't feel like going out. There are uh, decent drinks as well, you know, drinks without uh, dreadful things in them like caffeine. Talking of caffeine, I was talking to number two daughter the other day. She popped down to see us. She said she had terrible pains in her legs, couldn't sleep. And I said, well, what was all that about? This had been going on for two weeks. She said, oh, I stopped taking caffeine, uh, you know, like coffee, caffeine, caffeinated coffee and whatever. I had exactly the same thing many years ago. I went over to decaf coffee. I didn't realise what it was. I obviously cut the caffeine, instantly cut it. And for two weeks or more, I had terrible pains in my legs. Dreadful. I couldn't sleep at night because of it. And that's just what she was saying. I said to her, yeah, I discovered afterwards, when it was all too late, it was all over. If you're going to do that, do it gradually. You know, ease yourself off caffeinated coffee or whatever it's called. There's D. Yeah, is it caffeinated? Can you have, no, because it's not caffeinated, is it? Because there's already caffeine in it. You can decaffeinate it, but you can't caffeinate <laughs> See what I mean? Talking, what's that word again, beginning with, beginning with B? Well, yeah, rubbish, that was it. Yes, yeah, so we're not going to the club. I don't know. I'd like to. We haven't been there for a while now. We're off to, I think I told you, we're off to Butlins. I went to Butlins when I was a child and only for a day, but it was so different. There were rowing boats on a lake, which was great. You know, all the, the dads were rowing and all the kids were in the boats. The mums are on the side, sitting on the grass, sun shining as it always did in the 50s and 60s. And Butlins at Bogner, and no doubt other Butlins around the country, it was a great day out for kids. And it was inexpensive as well. You know, it didn't uh, cost you a fortune just to go for the day. Of course, Butlins is half hour drive from here. So very easy to get to. My dad had a Vauxhall Wyvern. Do you remember those? Vauxhall Wyvern. He had all sorts of problems with that. He was forever repairing it. That's in the old days when he didn't have much money. <laughs> I don't think anyone had a great deal of money back in the 50s. But people were happy. Do you know, I'm seeing more and more on social media. More and more people are saying, I wish I could go back to the 50s, to the 60s. 60s in particular, people remember. I suppose because of the music and just the way things were. I keep seeing photographs of London. London in the 50s, London in the 60s, Carnaby Street and all the people, the old cars... And all the comments on there, oh, I'd love to go back to those days. And even the younger people saying, I wish I had known those days. So really, they're wishing they were older. <laughs> but they were fantastic days. I used to love going up to London. Uh, when I got into teens, you know, and then had my own car, I'd get a couple of the lads together, three of the lads. There were, you know, there were four of us that used to go regularly in my old, my old Hillman Minx, 1954 Hillman Minx. I pick up the other three and we go up to London. We used to watch, uh, what was it, the um, stock car racing. I forget, where where was the stock car racing? I can't remember where we went to see that. We'd go up to, 
uh, Wembley. What did we do? I forget where we went now. It's, it's a long time ago, isn't it? Good grief. Stone the seagulls. But it was good. We'd go up there and we'd, and we'd have a look round. We looked around Soho. I think I've told you that before. Oh, no, that was with one friend of mine. I was about 18 and we, we went up to London and we found ourselves in Soho. And at one side of the street, this chap saying, come in, lads, come in. We've got a strip show. It's 12 and 6 each. That shows you how long ago it was. Decimalisation came in in 71. So this was pre-71. 12 and sixpence each to go in. And we say, no, no, we don't want to see a strip show. And the other side of the street, this other chap was saying, come in here, come in here, the cinema. We're showing Fanny Hill. I never did see Fanny Hill. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Something rude, I think. And he said, that was only 12 and 6. I could do you 10 bob. And this sort of bargaining went on between these two chaps. I'll tell you what, the two of you together, come on, 15 bob, come on, in you come. We just walked off and <laughs> left them talking to each other. We didn't want the strip show or the, uh, or the film. Happy days. One thing I did enjoy was Speedway. You know, the motorbikes racing each other round a track. I think that was at um, Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah, that was at Wembley. I'm pretty sure we drive up there. That's when you could park a car somewhere. You know, you didn't have to park 50 miles outside London. Actually, I'm 50 miles outside London, so you have to park here and walk the rest of the way. But, um, but back then, you could park, you could drive into London. There were places to park. How things have changed. I remember driving around Marble Arch and I thought, look at all the cars here. Stone the uh, seagulls. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, number three daughter nearly slipped up then. Look at all the cars here around Marble Arch. But it was nothing. In comparison, you, you look now, well, I don't know, can you drive around Marble Arch? Probably not. But that was it, Speedway, the motorbikes racing around this track. That was fantastic to watch. It was a great crowd, great excitement. And then afterwards into a pub. I'm not sure. I used to drive home, obviously, because I had the car with me. But I think we'd have a few beers and then drive home. That must have been pre all the sort of serious drink driving problems. Because the roads, as I said, the roads were so empty back then. Well, relatively empty anyway. I used to drive somewhere to watch the stock car racing. That was outside, was it Kent? Outside London. Uh, the Destruction Derby. That was brilliant. Destruction Derby. If you've not heard of it, what it is, a load of old cars, all you know, ripped to bits, doors welded shut and stuff like that, roll bars fitted inside so the driver doesn't get crushed when he rolls over. And it was the last car moving. So they're all ramming each other. All these old bangers ramming each other. And the last car moving, even if it could only just move backwards a little bit or something it was still mobile he was the winner of course all the others had engines had seized up blown up there's oil everywhere you know everywhere and it was oh actually i loved it i loved the the uh destruction derby the, the, i don't know what it was back then everything seemed to be perhaps it's because i'm old but it all seemed to be good fun wherever we went to brighton to the bird's nest club now i know i've mentioned this before there was uh on each table was a telephone, the old Bakelite telephone, in the middle of each table, and a number hanging over the table. Sorry to be repetitive, but I love this. And we'd go in there, a couple of us lads, we'd, we'd sit at a table, and perhaps our, our number was number nine, and you'd look around, we'd sit there with our beers, and you'd see a couple of girls at a the table. They, they were number seven. 
So you pick your phone up and dial seven and one of them would answer. Now, they didn't know who was calling them. This was the fun of it. So you could, <laughs> you could chat them up on the phone. They're looking round. Everyone's on the phone. And what you had to do was not look at them. If you look at them while you're talking, they knew it was you. So to look away a bit, cover your mouth, otherwise they could see that you were doing the talking. And sometimes our phone would ring, you know, we'd answer it. And it'd be some girl or other saying, oh, you look a bit tasty. <laughs> that was great. The Bird's Nest Club in Brighton. Does anyone remember that? There was also a dance floor, which was on a lower level. You could look over like a balcony and look at the dance floor. I didn't go down there. I sat at the tables with the, you know, the telephones, <laughs> drinking beer and chatting up girls over the phone. Yeah, they've, I know I keep saying it, but come on, happy days, or what? Moving on from the good old days, we've had a few recordings, haven't we, from various people, a couple in America. Um, interesting, the MP3 audio recordings. So uh, it would be nice if you can send one. Just If you can't, if, as I said before, if you don't know how to do it, just take a video on your phone, cover the lens up or you know, put it on the table if you don't want to show anything on the video and just chat because I can get the audio from a video. So that would be great. <laughs> just say, hello, it's me. I'm in Birmingham or whatever. I'm in uh, Queensland, <laughs> Indonesia, anywhere. That would be great to hear from you. Raise rants at protonmail.com. OK, what's next on the list? Let's have a look. Well, there's... No, that's it. I shall put that over there. The list is done. It's complete. It's finished. Actually, I'll put it over there. Out of the way. So, uh, whatever. Oh, hang on. No, no. This is for my, my video. My radio video. John Pictures. Jerry. Blah, blah, blah. That's all for my weekly radio workshop. You know, repairing old vintage radios. I've got a members area on the website. And I do a video every month. As if I can speak. I really am getting a getting a bit bunged up again with this cold. But there we are, there are worse things around. We just heard a couple of people we know, they've got um, COVID again. So I, I, know, I don't think I have, it's not COVID. I've only had it for a couple of days and it's almost gone. So I, I think it's just a cold from Butlins. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's only, where are we? 46 minutes, 50, no, 47 minutes, it says. Uh, anything else you want to know about? What can I tell you? I did the window cleaning bit. Actually, that was quite good fun, the window cleaning. I think that was a job that I could have done that. But as I said, the winter, I wouldn't have liked the winters. Do they go around window cleaners in the winters? I think they do, but I think they cut down a little bit on the amount of times they call. Like instead of every four weeks, probably go around every, I don't know, six, eight weeks, something like that. I didn't like the taxi driving, I must say. I didn't like that. Just uh, before I finish, a quick hello to a couple of people. Hello, Paul. I hear that you listen to these podcast episodes. Hope you're recovering okay. Uh, Martin, hello to you. How's your engine going? I shall be over to check that at some point. Oh, and I've got the paint when you're ready. Uh, who else was there? There was Derek. Hello, Derek. <laughs> yes, thank you for your comments on your email the other day. These are all local people that I know. People, friends, family. Uh, and there was someone else, and I forget who it was. <laughs> so, yeah, and hello, someone else, whoever you are. Okay, any ideas for next Sunday's episode? Um, oh, thank you. Who sent me the picture of the Jacks? You know, the game Jacks? 
Um, it wasn't a picture I can use because it wasn't a copyright-free one, but uh, I, I still want a picture, photograph, if anyone's got one, of cigarette cards because several people have said, what are these cigarette cards? What I've done is send them a URL to a website where there are pictures of cigarette cards. I, I don't just take pictures from the internet and put them on the... Oh, you're on the webpage, by the way. Yes, don't forget that. Uh, the podcast webpage is www.radio-workshop.co.uk forward slash podcasts podcasts with an s as in plural and there's you can get all the podcast episodes there and that's where i'm where i'm hoping to put photographs and things like that so if i say to you oh you know what's this game of jacks all about i can put a photo of the jacks there but i still haven't got a photo of jacks back in the old days i was thinking this the other night back in the old days i wish that we'd had well, we had cameras, of course, but you had to take the film in to be developed and it was all expensive. I wish we had something like the mobile phones that we have these days because there were so many things I did, so much stuff I had, radio stuff and, you know, my first car, my second car, girlfriends and, I don't know, just stuff like that. I haven't got any photographs. I think I did have one or two over the years which have gone astray somewhere. But, you know, had we had mobile phones we could have had photos videos this is my first car this is what i've done to the engine and this is the radio i used to listen to radio luxembourg fab 208 on the car radio there's no sort of photographic memories at all of that which is a shame not to worry of course these days i was going through my photos the other day i've got thousands trish has got fifteen thousand. what was it my son said now, here's the thing. That's what he says. He said, I think he said 30,000 or over 30,000 photos. What do you do with them? In the old days, we'd have the, you know, the family album and you open the pictures. Oh, look, look, there's you when you were 18 months old. <laughs> look, there's your first day at school when you were five. Whereas now we've got all these pictures of the grandkids, first day at school, 18 months old, all this stuff and videos, but we don't see them because they're all sort of on computers and, you know, they're not printed. They're not in photograph albums. I do miss that. I do like, and so does Trish, going through the old photo albums. Oh, look at, do you remember that? Look at those trousers you were wearing. Do you know, I did have a, a, a picture. I don't know where it is. I did have a photo of me at High Down Gardens with my son, who's now in North Carolina. He was about 18 months old. And I'm wearing these dreadful flares do you remember the flared trousers hipsters but flared they were <laughs> they were awful what do people call them lionel blairs that's right lionel blair flare oh, that's good isn't it and oh yeah that's cockney I, I think i've talked about that cockney rhyming slang right cockney get it right cockney rhyming slang i'm going up the apples and pears stairs put that in your skyrocket pocket excellent things like that are going things like that in britain are disappearing because of this um what what do they call it gender stuff or whatever it is someone was <laughs> on the telly the other day saying i suppose the football club manchester united and manchester city they'll have to change their name because they can't have man chester it'll, it'll have to be person person chester or something 
is the captain of Person Chester United. <laughs> it's daft, isn't it? But that's the way it's going. You can't say black magic. Uh, you know, the old black magic stuff. And uh, what else? Oh, there's a load of stuff. Blackmail. I can't blackmail you anymore. I'll have to, I don't know, neutral colour mail you. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I think I've just had another email. Hang on, let me check. Oh, here we are. It's the free postcode lottery. How about that? Let's have a look. Have I won? Have I won 10 million? Check if you're a winner, it says here. No, I haven't won 10 pence, let alone 10 million. Right, put the iPad away. That's the national lottery we do. We also do the weekly, no, monthly postcode lottery. A friend, a chap we knew, people kept saying, do the postcode lottery. Go on, it's only 10 quid a month. Oh, I don't want to. Go on, go on, do the postcode lottery. He did. And, you know, his first go at it for 10 quid, he won (laughs) £30,000. How about that? His first ever go at the postcode lottery. He's in Brighton. £30,000. And we've been doing 10 quid a month for years. Never won a penny. (laughs) I don't know. What would I do with £30,000? I think what I'd do is probably buy an even better microphone and an even better camera for my uh, videos that I do. Anyway, hope I haven't bored you too much. I know I've probably missed out a load of stuff I was going to bore you with, but fortunately for you, I, I can't remember. I didn't make a note of it. So I'm all up to date at the moment. Love to hear from you. Send in a video or whatever. Send in whatever you like. I don't care. Send me some cigarette cards or some jacks or something. Look after yourselves. Keep warm. The warmer weather's coming. Stay healthy. And we'll have another chat on Wednesday with a midweek message. Oh, just before I go, hello to Mark in Dublin. And hello to Mark, what should I call you? Butlins, Mark. You'll remember who you are. You'll know who you are. I'm pretty sure you listen. So hello to you, Mark. And I hope you're well. And I hope young Sue is well. Okay, that's it. Take care, everyone. I shall see you on Wednesday for another... (laughs) No, not another hour. uh, Another, what, five minutes or so. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye for now.